Hello everyone and welcome back to Living Life in My 30s. My name's Zoe and today's episode is called Why Do We Not Talk About Some Things? Lately I've had a lot of gratitude for my friends and family. I'm a very open person and I try to talk about my issues and things that are going on in my life as much as possible to help resolve those issues in my mind. However, from talking to people, I realise I am an anomaly and actually there are some people who don't have those open discussions with others. So today I want to dissect why that doesn't happen, whether it should happen and how it can improve your life. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, then please do send some feedback to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com, but otherwise, just listen away. so much for joining me for this episode everyone. I'm so glad you could join me. This is such an important episode. As you guys know I've created this podcast to encourage openness, to talk about our successes, to talk about how successful we are despite how we may look on paper and how society sees us. But what I've established is that I am an anomaly in terms of encouraging this openness and actually there's still quite a lot of hesitation within people on who they address certain issues with, how they communicate, what problems they have and actually there are a lot of taboo subjects that people don't talk about with their family and friends. So what are those subjects that I'm talking about? Well automatically I don't know, maybe it's just my one-track mind. But one of the big ones is sex, right? People don't talk about sex with their family, their parents. And well, actually, I have to say, our family is quite open. My mum works as a nurse, well, works as a nurse. She was very involved in that industry and has slowly cut down hours over the years. But actually... As a young child, I had pictures around the house of anatomy that I didn't want to see as a youngster. But because of my mum's job, I got very familiar with understanding that area of things, uh, which has actually been great because it's one of those things that we don't talk about with our family. And also because of my personality I suppose I'm a lot more vocal and actually probably a little bit crude and I know that my family listening will say a little bit yeah I'm probably to the extreme when it comes about communicating things like that and I know that a lot of families would never dream of having a conversation about sex with their parents in the room and that's completely fine but I still want to address it as a topic because I do think that's something that's important to talk about. And then the other things that we don't talk about, so periods, hormones as women, so certainly myself, I've mentioned in a previous episode, I struggle enormously with my hormones and it's been a trouble 
in my life since I was 13 years old, where I was suffering from migraines every month for five years. And when I say a migraine, I don't just mean a headache. And I know some people just say it's the headache, but for me, it meant losing my vision. I would get a piercing headache and then I would vomit. Sorry to be so graphic to people, but I just want to reiterate how awful this was in my life. And as you can imagine, I had to have a day off school every month. I wasn't able to do anything for those 24 hours where I was suffering with this migraine. And following this, over the years, I've had multiple other problems with my hormones, including major anxiety, depression, acne, uh, you name it, I had it. I get chronic fatigue. And it's only nowadays that actually I've been talking to my gynecologist and actually come up with a management plan in order to help this. But as a kid, I suppose it was one of those subjects that I didn't feel comfortable talking about. And I felt a bit nervous talking about it. And with partners as well, I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to tell them that I'm on. Or I felt a bit awkward with my family about, you know, saying that I'm on my period. It's bizarre, isn't it? As a woman, this is 50% of the population and we are not able to talk so openly about that. It's only nowadays that obviously we have more things in the news about free sanitary products and people are starting to become more open. But I've become very aware that people still don't talk about this in the household, that people don't address something that's such a huge issue for some women. Some women are very lucky and don't have these problems, but with me, I certainly did. And I think it would have been more valuable to have regular checkups with family and friends so that I knew what was normal and what was not and actually could have found out the problem and worked on a management plan younger. And then other topics of course, illness. So some people have illnesses that are a bit embarrassing or things that they're not sure of and things that they don't want to address and actually think they may get a bit of judgment. And this includes a plethora of things. So this can be physical, this can be mental and people just don't address them. You know, how many times do we say about cervical screening, about Dame Deborah Jane, Jane, (laughs) I don't know why I got that so wrong. Her talking about bowel cancer and checking your poo. I watched her documentary the other day and I was really moved. And having grown up with my mum, who was a continence nurse, her being very open about that really helped me. And actually, why is it only now that we're talking about these things that we should already be discussing that are so important and it's not embarrassing this is a bodily function that happens in our life and if we notice something a little bit different well let's talk about it and then the other part of the topics that we don't talk about is more related to living life in my 30s in the sense of going through hard times going through difficult situations And this is always what I've been wanting to advocate throughout my podcast and what I've really persevered in 
terms of trying to get that across to people that we should be talking about our successes, we should be talking about those hard times, but also celebrating what's really good in our life to really better ourselves and better others. And the other one that I thought was really interesting that I wanted to address was actually because of talking to a lot of guy friends is guys don't talk. Guys don't have the in-depth conversation among friends. So a lot of these topics I've talked about are either parental or you you certainly address things with some of your friends, but there are things you omit. Like harder times, you may not want to divulge absolutely everything. And there also might be a time thing on it. You're not ready to talk about it. But there's the other aspect of men don't seem to have the in-depth conversations that women do regardless. So there's a real interesting topic here in terms of talking about why that doesn't happen and how it can better the situation. And obviously this is a sort of cultural, um, biological perhaps, I've no idea, uh, interesting topic to think about, but I want to sort of have an overview of why that doesn't happen and how it could actually benefit men's and women's ways of life. There was one more actually and that was also and it sort of ties in line with the you know men not talking about things but also women too and it is very much the relationship issues. So you also have so the friend's family but also partner to partner not talking about relationship issues whether you're having doubts how you address those and communication issues that we should really be talking about so yeah there's so much that people just don't address and why is that why why do we not talk about these discussions that are so important and while I was reflecting on this and thinking about why why people don't do that, and actually, I think there's a few layers of it. So if we're re- relating to sex, it's actually going to be a lot towards embarrassment, I think. It's such an intimate thing. And actually, you know, embarrassing things can happen. And it's also very awkward. It's always been one of those taboo subjects amongst families is, you know where you came from eventually. You didn't come from the stalk. But being able to have that open discussion about sex itself, because we all know where we came from. But for some reason, we never talk about the fact that our parents may actually touch each other differently. And yes, it's a weird thing to think about, and I don't want to think about it either. But at the same time, it's such a normal thing that happens. And why has society made it that way? That's what I want to dissect. Why has society made that way? And there's also the, so this covers all the topics really, is the fear of judgment. So the fear of judgment, so this can relate to periods, it can relate to sex, it can relate to illness, uh, it can relate to anything, the mental health issues, physical issues, and just not wanting to talk about it because actually you're scared about what that person might say about your situation or think about you. If you've done something really wrong, 
then you know that you may get some judgment or some bad feedback. And actually, that's that fear, isn't it? That's what it essentially comes down to, is the fear of bad feedback. And we, as a society and in work, we're always told to have constructive criticism. And it's about having that safety net within your family and friends, knowing that you will not have any judgment to allow that open dialogue. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing, is that trust, that safety net, and that constructive feedback to someone. Obviously, there's a lot of emotions that come with certain subjects, so if you're having relationship doubts or issues then that open dialogue perhaps becomes a little bit more difficult because of the heightened emotions that we feel when having that conversation. However, when we're talking about illness, when we're talking about hormones, when we're talking about other things, there shouldn't be that fear of feedback. There is, because if we really feel like we've got something wrong with us, then it's breaking that boundary of fear. However, one of the things that I want to advocate to people is that if we're open from the offset about a lot of things, and this is as a society, then actually that fear will not be so great when it comes to something like that. So I think we can sort of encourage openness more to enable those more difficult conversations to flow more easy. And then the other thing is why 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 do we not talk about these things? Well, I think it's habit. Because if you've never had those discussions, those really important discussions with your family or friends, it might come from a little left field that you're suddenly talking about these deep and meaningful conversations with them, right? And it might come off a little bit odd. But, well, in your mind... But I think you have to give yourself a lot of credit because actually you don't know that your family or your friend may be wanting you to open up in that way and they've been waiting for you to initiate that conversation in order to have, you know, a better bond with your relationship itself. So, yeah, I've talked about what those issues are, why they come about, But the most important part of this episode is why it's important to open up and have those difficult conversations. So for me, it's a huge sense of relief. You know, if you're able to disclose issues and actually talk about those things. So as I mentioned about illness, yes, it can be really scary. And actually, no one really wants to find out they have a real problem with themselves. And for anyone listening going through that, I really, I really admire the courage and also encourage you to talk to people about it, to drive awareness, because it does really help. And despite it being an awful situation, there's a lot of good that you can do for others in that situation and hopefully improve yourself and other relationships. And yeah, so finding out things early and giving a sense of relief for being able to have those conversations, but also being able to resolve issues mentally. So if you're able to have 
a relationship issue discussion early. So if you're starting to have doubts or you've got a concern about a behaviour, then being able to communicate early and talk about these things only generates a positive way forward. I mean, it could accelerate the other way. So the other person could say, well, no, this isn't going to work for me. But actually, that in the long run is better than holding off on that difficult conversation or not having the conversation at all. And issues can arise effectively. So if you're able to have that open discussion, be able to communicate effectively, have the difficult conversations, then, you know, you're going to improve your life, whether you know it or not at that time, but you will in the future. And the final thing is bettering mental health, of course. So when I'm open with people and when my friends are open with me as well, we have very frank and open discussions, probably more than other people, but I feel so at home and at peace and comfortable and just assured in the way that I am. And I think there's a lot to be said about people who have a front. And having a front is great, I think, in because I actually admire that in a lot of ways. And that sounds very contradictory for what I'm saying. Because Obviously, I'm advocating that we should be open, we should be talking about these discussions. But actually, for example, within the professional environment, being able to have a professional persona, being able to, you know, hold your your grace. <laughs> and that's certainly that is something that I feel very, very, I find it very difficult to do. I'm very open regardless within the work environment and personal life and that's not always a good thing. I wear my heart on my sleeve and you know that shows a lot of vulnerability and sometimes it is nice to have that little private time but I think what I'm trying to get across and it's great that people can compartmentalise to some, some extent But when it comes to real issues and real things, real life scenarios, that is when we should let down our walls. And that is when we should be able to communicate effectively with people. You don't have to be open like me and speak to everyone about everything. That is not for everyone. And that is something that I don't feel that would be right for a lot of personalities. But talking about the real things, the real important issues is so important to disclose with the people around you. So it sort of follows on to my next part, which is, can we tell everyone everything? You know, is there is there a boundary? <laughs> and well, for me, it's yes and no. So as you've heard is, I am extremely open so I do tell everyone everything which is a good thing and bad thing as I've just discussed but I do think that we should be able to merge the boundaries there shouldn't be a hard yes or no uh, for these topics because actually there are some all of the topics we should be able to talk about to everyone but to some extent like excuse the pun, but you don't want to tell the ins and outs of your sex life to your parents. That's fine. 
but you should still be able to address the topic with your family, in my opinion. But what about other things, so like periods and hormones? Should you be talking openly and frankly with anyone and everyone? Yes, in my opinion. So that one is a huge one. It's a big biological thing that has been around as long as humans have been around, as long as animals have been around. And we should be able to talk about this with everyone. So I give an example of the fact that I used to live with three guys and in a house share and well they'd only lived in a guy house share never had these topics before and I made sure they knew about it they knew the biology they knew what was going on and actually now being able to have these conversations and being able to talk about what's going on but in a just really casual way is has been so beneficial because actually it's improved relationships because whilst I've been a hormonal nightmare, they've been able to understand what's been going on, where perhaps before they didn't. And equally, with your partner, it should be a big topic. And with your family, well, I perhaps would have known about my hormone disorder a little bit earlier had I had it investigated. I mean, my family want to know the ins and outs of what happened but it would have been good to have those discussions early to be able to manage it the best way I can but equally there are some things you can't share with everyone which is why I've said yes and no and illness we perhaps don't want to share it with some people because we don't want to concern them it's obviously important to talk to vital members of the family to make sure they know what's going on and of course your doctor of course your doctor (laughs) no one take away that you can't tell your doctor this and I know there's a sort of protective element so for mental health things like that is there's a protective element of those around you but also yourself so there is a selection to be made I think that that's the important thing from this is having a person, whether that's someone close to you or even a counsellor, being able to talk to that person to be able to give you that sense of relief and that outlet to be able to address that issue. Because if you handle that issue on your own, it's only going to exacerbate. And like me, I become a pressure gauge and I just pop if I've kept something in for a long time. So yeah, be able to talk to someone, even if it's not everyone. Being able to have those safe spaces is really important. And then just moving on to sort of the final part before ending this episode is how can you have these discussions? And how can you manage the conflict that may arise For example, if you do have a relationship issue, how can you manage this? And it is a really difficult one. And for me, actually, creating a podcast was a great way for an outlet. Because I didn't know how to address some topics with certain people because of the response, effectively. I was concerned about the response I would get from people, which meant... I didn't 
really have a way to navigate that. And upon reflection, I think there's a plethora of things you can do. And where possible, I think it would be good to have a group setting and a mediator and also so someone you've already confided in who can help with that conversation among others. So who can help as when you address it, they can be the support who then helps dictate the rest of the room. And then, of course, having that in a calm, safe environment when it comes to relationships, that's hugely important. Safe environments, if it has to be in public, that's fine. But being able to ensure your personal safety is vital. And with with family and addressing personal discussions, so personal topics such as sex and periods and anything else that we have, well, drop it into conversation. <laughs> That's my advice. I mean, it's probably rubbish advice, so please don't take that because people might be shocked. But I actually just think it's really important to just drop it into conversation. You know, it doesn't have to be something explicit, but something that you know, a topic that's on the news and have the discussion about, you know, that assault case and people's views on it and what happened. And it's also talking about the adverts on the telly and, you know, when there's an advert for always, talk about that and saying, oh, I don't like them or I do. And being able to talk about that with your with your family is so open. Or just saying how you're feeling that day. Say, I'm grumpy, I'm on my period. And a lot, it, thankfully, a lot of people can do that. But you know that there are a huge amount who can't, which I just find very sad. And I hope that this episode really encourages people to have those discussions. It really helped my mental health. And it's helped strengthen relationships too. It's helped strengthen the person that I am. It's helped strengthen the way I feel about my community that I've built around me. That I can be open, honest. And there's nothing to hide. And I know that the bad feedback will be dealt with in the best constructive way by those people that I tell. Because I've already built a forum of trust based on being so open and actually it's been a huge huge help in my life and I hope that with the situations that my friends are going through now that they have really felt the trust the bond and that has helped them get over their difficulties in their relationships a little bit quicker by having that support around them. I'm going to end this episode here It was such a great episode for me to do because it's so hugely important and I hope that others have taken some anecdotes. As always, please don't take the whole thing because you never know what will and won't work for you but I know from myself that being open, honest, being able to have those difficult conversations, being able to talk about the taboo subjects has been invaluable in my life and I think it could be for you too. Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode then please do send some feedback to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com but otherwise I'm looking forward to speaking to you next time.